It was the teenage love triangle that had the world in a stranglehold. With one song, Olivia Rodrigo had become an international superstar. As she shot for the stars, though, two people were left standing in the dust. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, hello. Hi. Goodness me, this story kind of feels like a fever dream. It feels like it happened forever ago. And yet the dates will show us this was just three years ago. Three years ago. We thought, you know what? This is a good story for us to go back and track because the rise of Olivia Rodrigo with driver's license, but also the immediate drama that came after with Joshua, oh God. (laughs) Joshua Bassett. (laughs) Joshua Bassett (laughs) and Sabrina Carpenter. And I remember at the time being so convinced that it was all a public publicity stunt, all of their songs, all of the drama, but then never sort of having enough time to go and do the digging. And so it kind of just passed me by and I moved on. We created a TikTok at the time. I created a TikTok at the time that was like, this is definitely a PR stunt. It was one of our first TikToks that did really well. And then, yeah, just never really thought about it again. Well, I just think it kind of just like lost momentum. And I think what's been really interesting is going back and doing the research on this to be like, what was the story here? And was there quite a few PR stunts working in conjunction with each other? So, I mean, without further ado, let's just go straight back into it. Right, Mish? We're going to rewind to February 2003, (laughs) which proves just how young (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo is. Let's do it. All right, Zara. So Olivia Isabel Rodrigo was born on Feb 20, 2003 in Southern California. Her dad, a guy named Chris, is a therapist. Her mum, Jennifer, is a teacher. Olivia is Filipino-American. Her father is of Filipino descent. Yeah. Now, in a recent profile for Vogue written by Gia Tolentino, Olivia admitted that her parents were pretty laid back and not at all creative as she was growing (laughs) up. Gia Tolentino wrote, her parents found themselves with a guided missile toward Hollywood on their hands. I Mm. loved that line. In that piece, Olivia said she was pretty musical from a young age, despite the fact her parents never were. She said, I would get a microphone from the Dollar Tree and make up songs about being lost in the grocery store. I was always singing. I was always super motivated to do things. Yeah. So she began taking singing and acting classes when she was six and soon learned how to play the guitar and the piano. As we said, though, her parents aren't musical. In fact, nobody else in her family is musical. You don't no one hear really this a lot. No, no one really knows where this came from. She just kind of came into the world and wanted to do really artsy, creative musical things. Yeah, and it's always hard to know, right, when you're reading profiles of superstars from when they were younger, if a lot of the stuff their parents say is like retrospective spin. But she did appear to be pretty self-motivated as a kid. According to the profiles we read, she would beg her parents to drive her five hours away to LA to audition for commercials and gigs, which they would often do after school. Mm. Olivia told Elle magazine, they were like, we don't like driving to LA. If you want to stop auditioning, you can quit. I remember thinking, no, I have to do this. So she booked a couple of tiny things, but didn't really set the world on fire. According to Vogue's reporting, Olivia Olivia's parents told her that from around Christmas time in the year she turned 12, the auditions would stop. Like if she hadn't made it by 12, no more auditions. How is the deadline? Lucky for her, she beat the deadline booking a pretty sizable role in a movie called An American Girl 
Grace Stirs Up Success. Now, it was a direct-to-video venture which went on to receive mostly negative reviews, but the American Girl, the American Doll movies were mm-hmm. quite a big deal over in the US. Olivia Tolgi and Tolentino for Vogue, I was so stubborn. I have no idea why I was like, this is what I want to do. Now, soon after that American Girl movie, she bagged a role in the Disney series Bizardvark and was well and truly in the child star machine. Now, for context, this was 2016, Olivia was 13, and this is not the first time Bizardvark has been mentioned in Scandal. Bizardvark might be one of our most mentioned TV shows in Scandal. Well, because... By two, <laughs> two mentions. <laughs> well, it was the show that Jake Paul was a part of, and we spoke a little bit about it in the series on him and his brother. Bizardvark ran for three seasons. Olivia's parents once again reiterated that she didn't have to stay in show business once the show finished. Her mum told Vogue, we explained that you only get one chance in life to go to high school and have those experiences. It wasn't even a consideration for Olivia. As I said earlier, it can be really hard to know if the parents are sort of acting quite chill with hindsight. But there is something to this that I kind of believe in the case of Olivia Rodrigo. Mm. I think if your parents actually had nothing to do with showbiz, they're less likely to push you into it because they know you can have a very happy, sustainable life without it. Yeah. If anything, they're probably a bit anxious. A hundred percent because it's like this machine that they know very little about. Mm. But 16-year-old Olivia Rodrigo had much bigger things she wanted to be doing what you and I were seeking to do yes. at 16, Mish. Well, in Feb 2019, she was cast in another Disney series. This time it was High School Musical, the musical, the series, <laughs> which I still don't really understand this title. I I do and I don't. I just think it's so wordy. Like this was a mockumentary musical drama television series that followed a group of teenage theatre enthusiasts who were participating in a staging of High School Musical, the musical as their school production. so It's so meta. It's so meta. And I think I was just always confused that a, a show for kids slash tweens would be this meta. Yeah. Well, it was also filmed at the original school from High School Musical. Mm. So it's sort of like you've got people playing characters who are also playing characters on screen. <laughs> it's really kind of confusing. On the show, Olivia played Nini, a girl who, according to Vogue, wrote love songs and posted them on Instagram. Now, she was the star and standing next to her, Mish, was a young guy called Joshua Bassett, who was about two years her senior. Yeah, so who was Joshua Bassett when he was cast beside Olivia Rodrigo as Ricky in High School Musical, the musical? the series. (laughs) Well, he too had had minor roles over the years, also in other Disney shows like Stuck in the Middle, but High School Musical, I'm just going to call it that from now on, was his quote unquote breakout role. Nene and Ricky were obviously cast as Troy and Gabriella in High School Musical and they were obviously love interests in real life in the show too. Yeah, so you've kind of got three layers here of love interest. You've got Olivia and Joshua, spoiler alert. You've got Nini and Ricky, and then you've got them playing Troy and Gabrielle. (laughs) Are we all on the the same same train? Now, the show premiered in November 2019, and I quite enjoyed Vulture's review of the show. They wrote, All the pieces are in place for a perfectly nice show about drama geeks from Utah who just want to sing and then kiss each other, probably without tongue. (laughs) Now, this show was never meant to set the world on fire, But I think it definitely did what it set out to do and what it said it would do, which was serve a Disney, a young Disney audience who fell in love with the characters. And I think another thing that became clear when I was going back through the reviews of this show was that generally 
Critics agreed that the teenagers could sing. Yeah, they they had like a really decent base of talent to work with. While on the first season of the show, Olivia wrote and released, via Disney of course, the song All I Want, which she was performing in character as Nini. Fans of the show and fans of Nini loved the song. It blew up on TikTok and suddenly Olivia was being chased by big record labels. She actually signed with one called Geffen and that was the beginning of her career as a musician. Yeah, but before we get to that, let's have a quick chat about Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett's relationship because I think what's really interesting about when we went back through this niche is Olivia and Joshua never confirmed their relationship at the time, but it was heavily rumoured that they were dating after meeting on the set of the show. Mm. The issue for us in researching this script, it was kind of two-pronged, right? They weren't famous enough for the rumours of their relationship to be really widely reported. Mm. I mean, dare we say these two were like pretty vastly unknown? Yeah, well, to adults they were. And adults are the ones writing the news and figuring out what the stories of the day are. How many, like... Even 25-year-old entertainment journos would be thinking, hmm, I want to know about these kids on this Disney show. show. Totally. And as I said, the other part of it is that neither of them commented on it at the time. The only thing we kind of had from this time is that in an interview with the LA Times, Olivia Rodrigo spoke about her really close bond with Joshua Bassett, saying that working together felt very natural. She said, I love him so much. He is my best friend. It's like I wasn't acting. Yeah. Still, like, it's a little bit, but it's not the whole picture, right? Like, it's a little bit confusing still. By the American summer of 2020, fans spotted Joshua Bassett with someone who wasn't Olivia Rodrigo. That someone was named Sabrina Carpenter. For the record at the time, Sabrina too was a Disney kid. She was well known for Girl Meets World. And in 2014, she broke into music by signing with Hollywood Records. Her debut studio album came out in 2015 when she was just 16 years old. So by the time that she was connected to slash supposedly dating Joshua Bassett, she was 21. He was 19. Olivia was 17. You've got very, very young people, all very, very talented, supposedly in maybe something of a love triangle. Yeah. Now, about a month after Sabrina and Joshua were spotted together, fans thought that Olivia hinted towards her breakup with Joshua Bassett when she posted a TikTok video of her eating a muffin as her song, All I Want, from High School Musical, the musical series, plays (laughs) in the background. Now, she captioned that clip, and that's on failed relationships. Mm. We have the same problem here with Sabrina and Joshua Bassett that we did with Olivia and Joshua is that no one cared that much that they were together. I mean, they were papped once in August 2020 eating lunch and in November they posted a TikTok together for Halloween dressed up as Shark Boy and Lava Girl from the 2005 (laughs) film The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Not a fan? I actually never saw it. (laughs) I don't know why I'm shading it. But that's kind of all we had on them dating. Yeah. If the mainstream media cared about any of these three, they probably cared the most about Olivia Rodrigo. But even then, we could only find like a really tiny number, like a scattering of interviews. And aside from a very brief what I do in quarantine COVID-style blog for Teen Vogue, there's practically nothing that you guys would be familiar with. Like they were spoken about or they were interviewed by literal blogs. Olivia did have a million followers on social media, 
But again, they were predominantly kids. Which I think for me, and I know we're kind of really ramping this point home, and I I promise you it's not because we're making up excuses as to why (laughs) the detail is a bit more skinned, but actually to tell the story or to kind of prove the point that what happened next was all the more bizarre. Yeah. Like all the stranger, given no one actually knew who these people were. No, like when I say they were interviewed by blogs, Guys, Google it. Like Olivia Rodrigo interview from like 2020. It's not that long ago. It's not that long ago. And she's being interviewed by almost like university style assignment blogs. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to what happened next after the break. All right, Zara. So on January 4, 2021, Olivia Rodrigo told her 1 million Instagram followers that her first single would be out in four days' time. According to reports, literally an hour later, Joshua Bassett followed suit. He announced that his single called Lie, Lie, Lie would be out on Jan 14th. So the timeline is that Joshua's single would be dropping a week after Olivia Rodrigo's. Correct. Now, on January 8, 2021, Olivia released her debut single, Driver's License. Three days later, it broke Spotify's record for the most song streams in a 24-hour period, excluding Christmas songs. Mm. (laughs) It was then the fastest song to reach 100 million streams on the platform. Her rise from niche famous to A-list famous was very, very, very fast and was summed up pretty perfectly by Vogue in January 2021. Oh my gosh, is the best way 17-year-old Olivia Rodrigo can sum up her life right now. Last month, she was starring in the Disney Plus high school musical TV spinoff. Fast forward a few weeks and the California native is literally the biggest pop star on the planet, breaking global records on an almost daily basis. I'm obsessed with that summation. This all happened as well, by the way, while the world was mostly in lockdown. Like this is early 2021. COVID is still ravaging everything. And this is all happening to a literal 17-year-old as she sits in her bedroom at home. Olivia told Rolling Stone she recalled being on the high school musical set the moment Driver's License debuted at number one. She called her producer from the studio bathroom. She said, I vividly remember being like, number one, how cool is that? He was like, Olivia, you don't get it. Your life is different now. Yeah, how crazy is that? Olivia told Vogue, it's quite strange because my entire life has changed in a week and also nothing has changed at all. Every day I'm in my house doing my homework, but people who I've looked up to since I was 10 are reaching out and saying they love my music. It's a strange sort of paradox. It feels like a glitch in the simulation that is life. I see all these numbers and records being broken, but I'm stuck in my house. I haven't seen anyone or even played a show. I haven't even been able to see my producer. So it feels like it's happening in an insulated time, which is making it feel even crazier. Mm, As an aside, in this interview, Olivia mentions some of the role models and people in the industry that she's looked up to since a really young age. And we imagine she's referencing Taylor Swift because around the time this interview came out, 
Taylor commented on one of Olivia Rodrigo's Instagram posts and said, I say that's my baby and I'm really proud. So I just want to put that on the record here because we're going to circle back to Taylor in a little bit. Yeah, of that moment, Olivia told Billboard, I was dead asleep and my friend called me on the phone and I was like, oh my God, it's 6am, can I call you back in two hours? And he is like, no, absolutely not. Check your Instagram right now. And in the grogginess of my sleep, I checked my phone and she commented on my photo and I just about died just about died. She must have thought she was in a dream, genuinely. It's pretty crazy. And I think the lockdown effect really kind of would make this all the more discombobulating. I know Daisy Edgar Jones and Paul Meskell spoke of that when Normal People premiered Mm. and they didn't leave the house. All the publicity that they did was over Zoom. Like it would be very weird to not have any contact with the outside world as the outside world's perception of you has completely changed. As they all become obsessed with you like I, I wonder if it would actually be better that way I don't know I think it would be really really interesting to hear from Olivia about this in like 10 years time because like 17 years old it's so young. how do you even conceptualize what's happening to you I wouldn't be able to do it now at 29 now driver's license is obviously a banger I remember discovering it on the day it came out because everyone was talking about it I think the pandemic actually really contributed to its success because no one really had anything to do we were all just playing music all the time I feel like even as like a companionship thing and I do think the records were broken in part of course because the song's brilliant but in part because everyone wanted to connect and if we could all connect on this random song from this random teenager there was a nice feeling about that. Yeah, and it was like a goldmine for gossip. I mean, people were obsessed with the lyrics and people spent a lot of time not just singing the song and enjoying it, but also digging mm. into the lyrics. I mean, we're going to do that favourite thing we always do, which is read out lyrics we normally <laughs> sung. But Olivia sung this. And you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt. She's so much older than me. She's everything I'm insecure about. Yeah, today I drove through the suburbs because how could I ever love someone else? Mm. Now, so... According to Olivia, there was a blonde older woman and a guy who broke her heart. Yes. Naturally, TikTokers started sharing their theories about the song, speculating it was inspired by Joshua Bassett supposedly leaving Olivia for Sabrina Carpenter. We found one video that had over 4 million likes positing this theory. So to say it went viral is an understatement. Here's the weird thing, though. Months before Driver's License dropped, Olivia posted a video of her actually working on this song to Instagram. In that OG version, the original lyric was with that brunette girl, not with that blonde girl, which maybe indicates that Driver's License wasn't supposed to be about Sabrina Carpenter at all and was changed for a like beats to syllables alignment thing. Or... It indicates that this wasn't supposed to be about Sabrina originally, but was tweaked for a PR thing. Let's play you a snippet so you know we're not lying. (laughs) And you're probably with that brunette girl, the one I always thought about. She's so much older than me. She's everything I'm insecure about. What do you think? I think PR. You think PR? Yeah, I do. I... I'm not sure I can see your point. I think PR because a 17-year-old's not pushing back on a record label. Saying we should change this to blonde. 
Yeah, you're just like, I'll just do whatever you think you should do. And maybe the PR, maybe the like label could get her on this to be like, well, we want to make it like a UV her thing. You're brunette. If you say brunette girl, like there's more tension with the blonde girl. Yeah, like the girl that's different to me. According to Grazia, Sabrina Carpenter's ex-boyfriend, Griffin Gluck. What a name. I know. Also (laughs) shared the song to his stories, Instagram stories, I should have said, calling it a bop. So it's probably not that much of a surprise that around the same time driver's license was breaking every Spotify record a song can break, big media publications had officially begun caring, not just people on TikTok, about who it was all about. And it was happening just as Joshua Bassett's song was released. Yeah, very neatly, six days after driver's license came out, Joshua Bassett followed through on his promise and released Lie, Lie, Lie. Here are some of the lyrics. So they told me all the things that you said, running all over my name, and you're acting oh so innocent like I'm the only one to blame. You've been lying to yourself, lie to everyone else, only thinking about yourself. Darling, what the hell? Uh, Doesn't quite have the same ring to it as drugs. No. Uh, Joshua went on. I know what you say about me. I hope that makes you happy. You can't seem to get me off your mind. Oh, I know you're lying through your teeth. I mean, it's not a great bop, I'm going to be honest. Very memorable. Even as you read that, like when you were reading the driver's license lyrics, I was singing in yeah, my head. That I have listened to Lie, Lie, Lie as prep for this episode I and I can't it. remember a single thing about it. Well, according to Joshua Bassett's Wikipedia page, the song peaked in the top 30 in the US bubbling under hot <laughs> one. <laughs> and in the top 90 on the OOC UK singles, becoming his first entry on both charts. I don't know what either of those things are. <laughs> But at least, Good was, on you. at least it was tracking somewhere. <laughs> the issue is, by this point, Olivia's song had already become the biggest song in the world. To the public, she was the relatable young brunette girl up against the like bad boyfriend who broke her heart and the older blonde woman who, in inverted commas, stole him away, which meant people were not receptive. Six days after driver's license dropped, the mood was not... I want to hear Joshua Bassett calling Olivia Rodrigo a liar. The mood would have been, I want to hear an apology song from Joshua Bassett. Totally. Soon after the song came out, Joshua put an almost explanation or defense up on his Instagram stories. It read, I wrote lie, lie, lie after I found out a friend had been lying about me behind my back for a long time. It always sucks to hear someone that you thought you could trust throw you under the bus when it benefits them. <laughs> this is such it's a breach. It's so dramatic. It happens to all of us and I think all you can do is seek out the people that build you up rather than tear you down. I mean... There's no beating around the bush about what he's trying to do here. <laughs> now, while Joshua said the song wasn't about Olivia, fans were pretty quick to point out some curious <laughs> parallels in both of their music videos. Naturally, Driver's License saw Olivia mostly in like this vintage style kind car. of car. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> music video for Driver's License was pretty lackluster. It's pretty shit. But they didn't know what the song was going to become. No. Like, the vibe of the music video is, like, dark and moody. There's, like, a lot of purplish lighting. In Olivia's video, she's leaning off of the car. Like, her body is almost on the hood and she's curling back to hang off it. Well, Joshua's video also features a vintage car. In one scene, there's also purplish and pink lighting all around him as he drives. And then in another scene, he's leaning out of the car in a very similar way to Olivia. I mean, the music video could mean anything, but I feel like his doesn't reference driving really at all. He didn't have to use a car. He didn't have to use similar lighting. The overlap feels like a very neat tie-in with all the context 
in mind. Yeah, he's not singing a song about cars. No. She is. <laughs> She's the one that's allowed to have the film clip in the car. No, he's definitely trying to reference it. I mean, there's no denying it. The first question I had throughout all of this was, well, were they with the same record label? Is this one big cohesive stunt? And while I think Joshua's was a stunt and I think that he was trying to kind of piggyback her success, it's interesting because they weren't with the same record label. So it seems very much like his record label have sensed what she's doing and thinking, how can we kind of elevate ourselves? Yeah, how can we make lemonade out of lemons? Totally. Maybe. It would take another year for us to learn what was going on for Joshua behind the scenes when Lie, Lie, Lie was released to the world. Speaking to People magazine, he admitted the amount of vitriol he received online felt like, and I quote, a lot of my biggest fears came true. Here's what he told People. Every day I felt worse and worse. I was sleeping 16 to 20 hours a day. I couldn't even stand up for longer than 30 seconds. I felt my heart literally failing. I was like, this isn't just anxiety, this is bad. Yeah, Joshua told people that doctors suspected that the condition was brought on by extreme stress and that he spent nine days in hospital recovering. He said the doctors were like, if you hadn't checked in within 12 hours, you would have died in your apartment. It's wild that I was close to taking another nap. He also said that when he returned home, he was feeling better physically but out of control mentally. He said, I was even more depressed and stressed. I had a panic attack every single day. Mm. I mean, this is kind of a tricky one to talk about. My first overriding feeling is like, yes, I definitely feel like the Joshua Bassett team were trying to kind of, I don't know, lean into whatever was like going leapfrog on. leapfrog off driver's license. But he was also a kid. So you also yeah. have a whole bunch of adults who are making this these decisions, who are saying, do this, do this, do this, but actually kind of feeding him to the wolves. I agree. I think it's also... I don't know really know what to make of him saying that his heart was failing and he was a nap away from dying and stuff like that. Like there's a there's a certain intensity to some yeah. of these quotes that do take me off guard a little bit. No matter what the like most accurate portrayal of events is, I think we all know for sure he was a very young guy in the spotlight who was maybe struggling with the feedback and scrambling to make that feedback stop. Yes, absolutely. And who clearly wasn't well throughout all of it. And I think there probably would have been a lot of adults in the room who I would say didn't protect him enough. Actively pushing him into that spotlight, thinking they were going to benefit. But in reality, he just copped it. Totally. A week after Lie, Lie, Lie dropped on January 22, Sabrina Carpenter dropped her new single. It was called Skin. And with it, she also had a music video. This was a very interesting response. Yeah, here are some of the lyrics. Maybe we could have been friends if I met you in another life. Maybe then we could pretend there's no gravity in the words we write. Maybe you didn't mean it. Maybe blonde was the only (laughs) rhyme. (laughs) Then we also had, want my heart to be breaking, breaking, no. I'm happy and you hate it, hate it. But you've been telling your side, so I'll be telling mine. And then finally, the kicker, you can try to get under my, under my, under my skin while he's on mine. Yeah, all on my, all on my, all on my skin. I wish you knew that even you can't get under my skin if I don't let you in. Okay. So Sabrina Carpenter's released a song and is definitely going, yep, I'm that blonde girl in driver's <laughs> license. And yes, I'm sleeping with your ex. <laughs> and I'm so like, if the message wasn't that, if the message wasn't, I'm the blonde girl in driver's license and I'm having sex with Joshua Bassett. What was she trying to achieve with No, skin? no, I refuse to believe there are other interpretations <laughs> of this. There are simply not. I am not a fool. 
Now, then, of course, there's Sabrina Carpenter's music video, which sees her embracing a brunette man, and you guessed it, posing with a car. <laughs> In fact, she sits on top of the car as rain pelts down around her. The very final shot of the music video for Skin is a shot of her on the car in the rain singing, you can't get under my skin if I don't let you in. Very subtle. Yeah, for what it's worth as well, Sabrina Carpenter, also with a different record label. So we've got these three, I'm going to call them kids. I know she was like 21, 22. That's still a kid. I think in this kind of adult world, that they're in. Underdeveloped prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Well, you still need to be protected. Yeah. You've got more adults in the room pushing her out into the world. And I think Twitter definitely had a field day with this. The most popular sentiment that we could find about Sabrina Carpenter's response song was written on the day of Skin's release from My Treasure Hobby. It read, Sabrina Carpenter, Olivia Rodrigo, the white man is not worth it. That got 217,000 likes. This is really popular sentiment. Really popular and really widely discussed. Like all of a sudden, these three super young people are all anyone wants to talk about. There was also this viral tweet. This one had 176,000 likes and read, Olivia Rodrigo, you have blonde hair and I think you're cooler than me. Sabrina Carpenter, how does it feel that I'm fucking your man? These are like so many people that were like jumping on this and trying to kind of like comment on what was going on. Yeah. Another app viral tweet from Imari had 29,000 likes that read, Sabrina Carpenter, if you're writing a song about how someone can't get under your skin, they're definitely getting under your skin. I definitely <laughs> agree with that. I mean, it's kind of hard again because in some way I'm like, God, this is like objectively quite a funny story that's playing out here. Mm. There is another part of me that's like, I would love to sit these three people down a few years with hindsight and get the sen- get a sense of what they feel about it and what they think about it. Yeah, I'd also love to know how Sabrina Carpenter's team felt that this was the angle. Like I know these songs almost definitely to create these songs, have them produced to the level that they were, have the music videos conceptualized, shot edited, released. This all probably would have been done before Driver's License, the song, ever hit the public arena. I want to know what the thinking was behind them believing that the I'm fucking your man narrative was the one that was going to swing. That's the thing. It's like, it is, again, deeply unfair on Sabrina, I think, to be... And I know some people might be thinking you can't just rip all agency from her, but I think you kind of can. I think you can... You can take most of it. Yeah, I think you can take most of it away. I do when someone's this young and trying to make it in a music industry. It's a pretty good song, though. I can hear. I can also hear this one in my head as yeah. we were reading out I the lyrics. I actually do think Sabrina Carpenter's music video was made after Olivia's because it was what didn't drop till early Feb 2021, yeah. so they had a month to shoot it. But the Cut song, it, it. do you reckon the song was written before? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this was rushed. A massive rush. Job. Yeah, okay, I can see I that really too. I really wouldn't. You have someone writing it, like an expert writing it, just quickly punching it out. Yeah, they're like, this is the biggest song in, in the, the world. world. We need to ride the wave. What's the quickest one? Come up with a sexy bop Yeah, that you're with the man. I mean, it's, it didn't win Grammys. Like, it didn't set everything on fire. No. But it got people talking. Let's talk about the critics. What did they think of Skin? Well, here's what Billboard's Larisha Paul wrote in her review. Written with Tia Scola and Ryan McMahon, the latter of whom doubled as the track's producer, the lyrics came across as arrogant at times. It risks seeming like an overreaction in response to being mentioned in a single lyric on driver's license by someone nearly four years younger, but it is a product of its circumstances. Mm. That's the thing, right? It was. It's not like Sabrina Carpenter wrote this. You have people like Ryan McMahon who are very experienced in the music industry mm. who have written a whole bunch of songs punching this up 
in my opinion, very fast. Yeah. Sabrina had to respond to the social media commentary and that response came on Jan 24, so two days after her song was released in the form of an Instagram post. She wrote, Thank you to everyone who has listened to Skin, especially those who have opened their minds to lyrically what I was trying to get across. I wasn't bothered by a few lines in a magnificent song and wrote a diss track about it. I was at a tipping point in my life for countless reasons. So I was inspired to do what I usually do to cope, write something that I wish I could have told myself in the past. People can only get to you if you give them the power to, and a lot of people were trying to get to me. The song isn't calling out one single person. Some lines address a specific situation, while other lines address plenty of other experiences I've had this year. She went on and on and on and essentially said, stop sending me hate. Thanks for letting me grow. Again, she couldn't really talk her way out of this one. Like, I think it's one of those ones where that's all great, but it doesn't actually align with what you put out into the world. It feels like we're talking about two different things. I completely agree. It's like, oh, don't play me for a fool. But I also appreciate why she didn't want the hate. And if you're asking for no hate, it's just like very complicated. Yeah. Now, despite the controversy, you could say that this song was like a moderate success. It racked up more than 10 million streams within two days of release and hit the top 10 on most charts. Now, in March, two months after the release of Driver's Licence, Olivia Rodrigo did an interview with Radio.com, which feels like quite a small publication to give this kind of quote to, where... She said, in response to the question, and obviously there's been a response song to Driver's Licence, would you ever do a response song to the response song? (laughs) Olivia said this, Oh, that's an interesting question. I actually don't know her at all. I think we've met once or twice in passing, but I've never had a conversation with her. So I don't think I could write a song that was meaningful or emotional about somebody that I don't know. But I think artists should be able to write about whatever they want to write about. Mm, A few weeks later, on the first day of April, Olivia dropped Deja Vu, a song that was generally, again, considered to be about Joshua Bassett leaving her for Sabrina. You guys know this song too, because it really did well on the charts again. It talked about an ex-boyfriend who repeated all of the same dates and memories with his new girlfriend that he once enjoyed with Olivia. Again, the lyrics. Do you call her? Almost say my name. Because let's be honest, we kind of do sound the same. Another actress. I hate to think that I was just your type. Yeah, a day after this song came out, Joshua posted a pretty curious TikTok. We're going to play it in full for you now. Freaking out. I just found this out. Did you guys know that the world doesn't revolve around you? Isn't that crazy? Right, so the caption on this video was an equally sassy, you learn something new every day. Yeah, worth noting with this video, it did get a lot of support. It had almost one million likes. And while some comments tended to defend Olivia Rodrigo, it wasn't like it was the bloodbath that I think that it was in January and February. Mm, Do you agree with that? I think so. I think a pendulum had swung back a little bit for people to be like, hmm, is it is it fair that we're all coming for Joshua Bassett? Like, does he deserve this level yeah. of, like, does he deserve this microscope on him? By the end of that month, things took another slightly weird turn because Joshua changed his tone. He actually posted, like, gushing praise for Deja Vu. He posted it on his Instagram stories with the caption, super late on this one, but I love this song so much. The world better watch out for the album. Uh, I just don't get him. That kind of stresses me out when people kind of jump between sentiments in such an extreme way. He flip-flops a lot. Yeah, that stresses me out quite a lot because it's like what's happening behind the scenes that's kind of causing such different sentiment. Maybe Mm. it's conversations behind closed doors. I don't know. Now let's talk about that album Mm. because it dropped on May 21 and naturally, once again, sleuths were trying to work out 
Which of the remaining 12 tracks, if any, were also about Sabrina and Joshua? Yeah, without getting too much in the weeds of Sour, that album, or into its lyrics, there was lots of chatter about the track Traitor, which had the lines, Ain't it funny how you ran to her the second that we called it quits? And ain't it funny how you said you were friends? Now it sure as hell don't look like it. Sour, for the record did exceptionally well. It was the first debut album in history to secure two number one debuts thanks to the songs Driver's License and Good For You. The second single we discussed just before, Deja Vu, peaked at number three on the charts. Sour also broke the global Spotify record for the biggest opening week for an album by a female artist. Yeah, I mean, not bad, hey? <laughs> Back to the particular scandal we're covering, though. As Sour was topping the charts, there was a lot of discussion about Joshua Bassett because it was actually around this time he gave a quote that plenty of people interpreted as a comment on his sexuality. In an interview with Clever News, he got talking about Harry Styles as a creative influence and said, what I admire about Harry Styles is that he's a very classy man and he's very well-rounded. He kind of does it all, acting, singing, fashion, and I think he's just a nice, cool guy who doesn't say too much, but when he talks, it matters. He's just cool, like he's cool, who doesn't think Harry Styles is cool. Mm. He then went on and said this. Also, he's hot. He's very charming too. Lots of things. I guess this is my, um, this is also my coming out video, I guess. Uh... Yeah, so I guess this is my coming out video, I guess. The following day, Joshua released a statement that read, My entire life, people have told me my sexuality. People have shamed me for things they know nothing about. I want to say thank you to those of you who stand for love and acceptance. It's 2021. We are the generation of love and growth. It's time we start acting like it. He finished with, I choose love. A little over a month later, he sat down with GQ to talk about it all. There is a lot going on in this profile, Zara. Yeah, we'll do our best to just cover the top line big moments, though. On the topic of his identity, Joshua Bassett told GQ writer Willa Bennett this, I always had a pretty feminine sort of energy in my life. My sisters would put me in a snow white dress and have me run around my house. I was a very emotional kid. I was constantly yelled at for crying. I would spend every night being like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. I remember beating myself up every night. Willa Bennett wrote that Joshua Bassett teared up three times during their interview. Mm. He also said that his comments about Harry Styles weren't some kind of joke. He was being serious about coming out. He elaborated, even if there are consequences, I would much rather deal with the consequences and live my truth than in fear. Mm. In the piece, he also naturally touched upon Olivia Rodrigo. He said, it was very obvious, in my opinion, that she was the perfect one for the role on High School Musical, the musical, the series. I think people can tell when they watch the show, it was just an instant sort of connection. When Willa Bennett turned to the Olivia and Sabrina love triangle, his handling of it all was very new age man. We're going to read you the full passage by Willa Bennett about the scandal. She wrote, sounding level-headed and calm, Joshua says that people don't know anything they're talking about. He explains that the hardest thing has been biting my tongue in a lot of ways. But the reality is it's kind of like a lost cause trying to talk about any of that stuff. And I refuse to feed into any of the bullshit, so I just don't. Media outlets keep trying to trick him into discussing it. He says one even went so far as to deceptively edit a video interview. Everyone is asking me about Sabrina and Olivia, he says, gesturing to a new duo of teenagers approaching the small window. Why don't we focus on these women for who they are? Let's focus on the art they're making and how great they are instead of their relationship to a boy. I mean, it's the response you want. It's the it? response, I think, that... 
It's He's saying what he thinks he should say. Well, or what he believes. I don't really mind either way. Well, his next profile kind oh, of no, that's is probably <laughs> true. I, mean, I think in his next GQ right. profile, if, we got the truth. If this is what he thought, it probably would have been the last comment he ever said on it. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yes. <laughs> now, as you say, come December, so about six months after this GQ profile, Joshua Bassett sat down with GQ again and his tone was markedly different. Now, not only was it the same publication, it was also the same writer, Willa Bennett, mm. and he talked about everything again. Now, the first nine words of the profile are a quote from Joshua Bassett that read, I have a right to stand up for myself. Yeah, so already quite different. Totally. Straight away, the piece dove into the viral sensation that was driver's license and the impact the attention had on him. He said, I would see TikToks with like 50 million views and 10 million likes saying, if I ever see that kid on the street, I'm going to fucking kill him. It's hard to see that and then be living in New York and be walking down the street. Mm, He went on, it sort of felt like a losing battle. If I try and defend myself in any way, it just felt impossible possible. Olivia hasn't spoken to me since driver's license came out. I would be on my way to sessions and I would hear two songs on the same station in one Uber ride. People don't realize how long ago that was as in, I think he's talking about how long ago their relationship was maybe. It's not as recent as it seems. I'm a completely different person now. I'm not here to expose people. It was eating me alive and I couldn't keep it in anymore. I finally found the courage to speak up for myself. Yeah. So just to clarify, this was kind of, I think essentially promotion for the fact that he just released three songs in a single day and they all appeared to be about the scandal. One of these songs was titled Crisis and Joshua admitted it was about all the crazy PR over the year and it included the following lyrics. My label said to never waste a crisis and here I am, guitar in my hand, in the middle of one. The song went on, and if you get to tell your truth, then so do I. And it's cool if you want me to play the bad guy, but don't you dare act like I didn't love you. Don't you go thinking that I didn't hurt too. Don't you ever wonder if I'm okay after all you put me through. Half the shit you're saying is only half true. You're messing with my life as a career move. Yikes. This song also references Joshua getting death threats. He sang, my mama called because she heard I got death threats. Oh, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? Oh, I wish I could open my eyes and the nightmare be over. But you sensationalize, keep fanning the fire for the headlines. He finished with, I can't help but wonder, why won't you make it end? But you would never dare, you would never dare to waste a crisis. Yeah, on that, Willa Bennett wrote, he tells me that in the wake of the driver's license media storm, his record label wanted to try and take advantage of the moment. But at that time, it sort of felt like a losing battle. If I try and defend myself in any way, it just felt impossible. Mm. On an even more serious note, and we do want to give a trigger warning for the next sort of 30 seconds or so, because we will be talking about alleged child sexual assault. Willa Bennett wrote, This excavation has turned up other more serious traumas, he suddenly tells me. Midway through our conversation, Bassett out of nowhere states, I experienced sexual abuse a lot in my childhood. He looks down and tears up as he continues. I didn't remember that until last year, which is pretty insane. I buried it so far, and when I was a teen, a much older man routinely abused me, and I wasn't able to see it for what it was at the time. Mm. The final quote Joshua gives in this piece is, I feel like a lot of the last year people haven't seen me as a human being. Yeah, so we're going to fast forward slightly now. That piece was at the very end of 2021. In the first half of 2022, we had the Met Gala, and that was actually when Sabrina and Olivia were seen in the same space for the first 
time, social media was alight with commentary as to whether or not they would actually acknowledge each other, which they did. A snap from Vogue inside the Met Gala showed Kim Kardashian and Sebastian Stan having an interaction with Olivia and Sabrina chatting to each other in the background. Yes, exactly. Now, in July 2022, or 2022 as normal people say, (laughs) Sabrina's album, Emails I Can't Send, was finally released and many believed it was at least partly inspired by the scandal. One song in particular, titled Because I Liked a Boy, took aim at the public for their response back in early 2021. Here are some of the lyrics, just for something new. (laughs) Who knew cuddling on trampolines could be so reckless? We bonded over black-eyed peas and complicated exes. Fell so deeply into it, it was also innocent, now I'm a home wrecker. I'm a slut. I got death threats filling up semi trucks. Tell me who I am. Guess I don't have a choice. All because I liked a boy. Mm. Other lyrics included: I'm a hot topic on your tongue. I'm a rebound getting round, stealing from the young. She also sung, and all of this for what? When everything went down, that we'd already broken up. Yeah, she unpacked the meaning of the song with Rolling Stone by saying, now looking back on it, the last two or three years of my life, that song came from a really real place in my life. It was very therapeutic to write that song from hindsight and being like, wow, one thing leads to another and things can really get out of hand. Just being able to own it at the end of the day and not let it determine who you are. My favorite lyric in the song is, tell me who I am because I don't have a choice. It's obviously sarcastic, but in the way that people can't tell you who you are only if you allow them to like really get under your skin she covers her face apparently when she says this and then follows up with but truthfully you know who you are yeah she went on so many people probably have dealt with the situation of being labeled something they're not and it's frustrating because you want to do something about it but then if you do something people are mad if you don't do something people are mad and you're like what's the way I'm going to feel happy and at peace with myself for me it was important to tell the story from my perception it's a really interesting quote, and I think all three were probably feeling the same thing, which was like, mm. oh, God, if you do something, people get mad. If you don't do something, people get mad. So You at the can't end, win. You can't win in a scenario mm. like this. Worth noting that that same month, Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett reunited on the red carpet for High School Musical, the musical the series, <laughs> and snapped quite a few photos together looking pretty happy. And I guess that was the last time we properly saw their names and headlines together. It kind of shut everything down. Yeah. Which brings us to where are they all now? I think their lives have all changed in very different ways over the last two or three years. Joshua Bassett is still singing and acting. In 2022, he starred in a Disney Plus original called Better Nate Than Ever, which was critically praised. He's still a hit with younger generations too. That year he won the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award for Favourite Male TV Star. He also starred in the High School Musical series until its fourth and final season, which wrapped in 2023. Yeah, last year he actually posted a lot about becoming a Christian. He was actually baptised in an evangelical Bethel church and announced this to his social media followers in a video where he said, no other teacher gave me anywhere near the peace that Jesus Christ did. I am here to publicly declare him as my Lord and Saviour. Of course, Olivia Rodrigo was officially one of the biggest artists in the world. Her second album, Guts, was released in the middle of 2023 and was another huge success. It topped the charts in 14 countries and all 12 songs hit the top 40 of the Billboard Hot 100. This year, she'll be on her world tour, which very tragically doesn't involve Australia. It actually, sorry to Olivia, doesn't involve many countries at all. I love that she's called it a world tour. I think she visits like three different countries. Beyonce's world tour. Yeah. Yeah. One curious detail that we felt was important to include is that Olivia, as listeners of Shameless know very well, 
has had some rumoured tension with Taylor Swift over the last two or so years. In a nutshell, we know you guys have heard it before. There were suggestions that Olivia had interpolated Taylor's song Cruel Summer in her song Deja Vu without requesting permission beforehand. On the same album, she actually interpolated New Year's Day for the song One Step Forward, Three Steps Back, but did apparently seek permission for that one, which wasn't done with Deja Vu, leading to like, I wouldn't call it a feud, but maybe definitely some simmering tension between the two pop stars. In a nutshell, there's not like a friendly energy or good vibe between them, which made it all the more curious that in June 2023, Taylor announced that one of her main opening acts for the Eras tour would be none other than Sabrina Carpenter. Yeah, ever since it appears the two have become pretty firm friends. Taylor and Sabrina were together at the VMAs. They've attended NFL games together. The works of her incredible gig alongside the biggest pop star in the world. Sabrina told Variety late last year, I would never have expected that going on a tour would have amplified the songs the way that it did. And I just feel so lucky that people have found them in different places and now see them in different lights. I am just as astounded as everyone else. Mm. Look, it kind of brings us to the end of this scandal. And I guess I have one question for you, which is what do we actually think happened here now that we've retold the story? It is such a good question. I think everyone tried to make the most of a big PR moment. I'm not sure if it was as meticulously planned as them all sitting in a boardroom no. with their managers saying, and then you do this, and then a week later I do this. I think I don't think they got were around. working together. No, I don't either. I think they were all trying to achieve the same thing, but they were working independently. And I think they were all trying to do it too quickly. I think they were trying to do this in a matter of weeks, and that's why it kind of all got so messy and nasty yeah. and not very good for any of these people. Sabrina, Joshua, and even Olivia. I know Olivia's had like such insane success, but there's no doubt being thrust into the limelight like this with this kind of controversy Mm. would be tough. And that said, I know Sabrina and Joshua in particular said some things Mm. that probably I imagine they regret. They were kind of pretty blunt on their Instagram stories in particular. But I also think you have to give the benefit of the doubt in these scenarios that they had people in their ear telling them that it was the right thing to do. I think so too. I think it's also really interesting how the public is still really fascinated by this. I mean, to break the fourth wall with the listeners, we're recording this episode in the same week that a doctored photo of Olivia and Sabrina went viral online. Did you see this? I saw this, but I didn't even know it was AI. It was fake. So people had edited a photo of them cuddling up to each other at the Variety's Hitmaker Awards. And everyone loved it. Like this got hundreds of thousands of likes on Twitter because people were so excited to see these two women embracing each other. But it was actually a photoshopped image. So I think that really speaks to public interest is still there with this story. I would love to know what Sabrina and Olivia, like what kind of terms they're on now, now that Sabrina's performing for Taylor. I still reckon Sabrina and Olivia would be on all right terms. I would love to know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. And we probably won't ever know. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this episode was researched by Michelle and I and audio produced by Annabelle Lee. We will be back in your ears on Thursday for a wrap in the week that was in pop culture. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.